Hello and welcome to the Playground Podcast. I'm Chris Byrne and I'm here with Richard Gottlieb. Yay! <laughs> And welcome to the beginning of our second season of this. And I can't think of it. It's all gone so fast. It has gone fast. And I can't think of anything more appropriate to talk about than Toy Fair. And we're here with Marion Bussard, EVP Global Market Events for the Toy Association. And what more appropriate thing to talk about than Toy Fair? Yes, it is almost here again. Can't believe it. And I'm just back from Hong Kong. People have been to CES. We've got Nuremberg in a little bit. so you want to start us off? Sure. First of all, hi, Marion. Good morning. We always like seeing Marion. And this is, uh, this must be a pretty, is this your busiest time of the year? We're busy all year long. Uh, we really are. We are starting to tie up all the loose ends. Um, but we, we go right into it in March. As soon as the show ends, we start it up again. Kind of like the Macy's Parade. They start the day after Thanksgiving to plan the next one. You really have to. <laughs> That's when they start inflating the balloons. <laughs> right. So... Marion, um, why don't you, uh, first of all, just kind of give folks a sense of what do you do? What does an EVP of global market events do? Well, my, my little line that I repeat to the team uh, all the time is we're here to help members sell more products in more markets more often. So uh, everything we do throughout the year, if it can't answer to that goal, then we will probably reject it. So we start off with... Um, just our job is to bring people together who have business to transact. Um, when I started, it was really just focused on buyers and sellers. I made a toy, you sell a toy, and that was the relationship. But the show um, recognized many years ago that those people coming through the front door are all selling something. They may <laughs> not be making the product. They might be ma- selling the idea of a product. So we, right, we began right. to focus on the, the, the really the, the brickwork of the foundation of the industry. Now we're, we're going to get into Toy Fair real deep in a second. But before we start, I, I wanted to ask you now, it's, it's global market events, mm-hmm. plural. Yep. So besides Toy Fair, what might that involve? Well, the reason we changed that, that title was because we were changing our focus. And we are, when we are not producing a show outside the U.S., we support our members who are looking for access to outside. So in the past, we've done a pavilion in Dubai. We attempted to do one in, in Moscow. We're looking forward to working with you um, and the Mesa Frankfurt group for March in Shenzhen. We don't have to produce the event for us to support a member's needs to be there. And and you you do you do Dallas. We do Dallas? Yes. And then you you have a meeting uh, an event coming up I believe in Bentonville this year. We do. So l- let me take a step back. Um, so really what what we try to do Toy Fair New York, Toy Fair Dallas. Those happen to be the 7 days out of the year where we're actually responsible for bringing people together. But we do look at we understand the business to be 365 days a year. So we don't limit ourselves. Those are just points in time. The efforts throughout the year, whether it's through Shop Toys 365, whether it's bringing education on how to do business uh, throughout the year, that that has to take place every single day. So um, I guess let's let's talk about Toy Fair. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I want to know how many how many years have you been working on this? Are you this, willing to say? Of course. Um, this will be my 21st Toy Fair. You're a oh. baby. And you look like an ingenue. Hey, <laughs> you're a baby. <laughs> yeah, no, it, compared to some, yes, that, that would be. But it, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty long reign. I was thinking about it. I think it's the longest reign, if you'll forgive the <laughs> nod to royalty. Um, it, it is the longest reign of someone running this show. Wow. As, 
which is just by chance uh, right. and, and my refusal to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a good job and, and uh, it's fun, right? It's a lot of fun. It, it, it really is a lot of fun. We, we really don't think ourselves as booth builders, though we do think of ourselves as creating opportunity. Okay, so let, let's get into Toy Fair. Absolutely. Uh, want me to lead off with the first question here? Uh, well, first of all, in the 21 years you've been here, Toy Fair has changed a lot. And and what would you say are sort of some of the major changes? Because one of the, the questions I get all the time, and we've talked about this before, is are Toy Fairs still relevant? And maybe they're not for writing every single little order, but Toy Fairs are still, in my opinion, very relevant. Love to hear from you about that. Face-to-face -face engagement is relevant. And right. I think what's, what's changing with Toy Fair, and it will continue to change, is that the, the reasons for people to participate in Toy Fair have evolved. As I said, it was strictly buyer-seller, but there are more, uh, there are emotional reasons for them. What we don't want to be is a tradition or a habit, but w if you really do focus on the myriad audiences that come through, there's tremendous opportunity in ways to feed those audiences. And so it, it kind of strengthens that bond throughout the entire industry. Uh, is, are they as important for um, writing orders? I doubt it. Right. But that's okay. As long as we're putting those people in touch with the potential customers, uh, it's, it's lovely when it happens in that moment. But what has changed, a lot has changed with cycles. And that's one of our biggest challenges. Like, what is it that happens at Toy Fair that can only happen at Toy Fair? What is it that's a little more fluid? How do we maybe create opportunities around that fluid nature? I think one of the, the important aspects of Toy Fair is is kind of what you alluded to is the, the serendipitous moment, the unplanned moment, where you're standing in the coffee line uh, and you meet somebody standing behind you and it turns out to be the most important person you met in the last 10 years, you know? Um, and and I, th I think that's a really important aspect of what you just said, which is this aspect of bringing people together in one place at one time uh, from literally all over the world who have this one thing in common. Yeah, you know, when I, when I got here, so I, I came in the summer of 1999, and to be honest, I, my impression was that Toy Fair was a little bit on the ropes. And it's not that we weren't growing, because in 2000, that was the first year we actually took over the entire Javits Center. Mm -hmm. But we all remember very clearly that the, the largest companies, those considered to be the most relevant to the marketplace, were actually in, still in the toy building. Right. And the Toy Association at the time, Toy Manufacturers of America, really had very little to do with the or organizing of that. So that was sort of the environment. And I remember coming in and thinking, well, boy, wouldn't it be great if uh, there's three great shows in the world? There's Hong Kong and there's Nuremberg and there's New York. And I, I posed that to those organizers saying, what we should really do is just say, you know, if you can only do three shows, and quite honestly, there was a little bit of silence, like uh, if you only need to do two shows, <laughs> right. because New York was not really at the Javits. And I, I say that with all due humility, the Javits Center at that time did not have the gravitas that it does today. Right. And so trying to align it with those other great shows around the world was a little bit of hubris. So what we decided was that, well, this, we have, we have an opportunity here. And to the credit of the show team, uh, we did look at who else is coming and how do we build experiences and 
business opportunities around those other sectors, even before they were allowed to be members of the association. I think it's like around five weeks until Toy Fair. Do you have an early weather report? <laughs> you know, this past weekend, I was so jealous. National Retail Federation opened up this weekend, <laughs> and I had definite weather envy. Cause right, because it was in the 60s and, yeah. and sunny, and I, I have I have slogged to Toy Fair through snowdrifts. I have, um, it's it's just been, it's I, been. And I would just like to say that Freud wrote about weather envy. <laughs> yeah. It's a real thing. It's a real yeah. thing. It's a real thing. You know, we've only had three blizzards, I think, in the 21 years, but it doesn't matter. Everyone thinks that we're, it's going to be a terrible storm. Right. Well, hopefully not. Where are we right now? How's it looking for this year in terms of attendance and exhibitors? Well, here, here's one of the other changes. So the show gets bigger and bigger. I mean, until the Javits expands in 22, it gets bigger even though the walls aren't expanding. Right. We always find a little nook and cranny to squeeze people in. We have at times had over 1,200 companies exhibiting. We've gone down to 1,000 companies. Still sold out, still squeezing everybody in, and we're probably going to land somewhere in the 900s this time. And that's not to say that the, the show is, is failing in any way, shape, or form. It's just that with all of the consolidation and the, those who are doing well are doing very well and growing, um, it has put some uh, strain on our ability to accept as many companies into the show as we would like. For that reason, a couple of years ago, we started uh, Hole 1E to ensure that we always had some opportunity for new companies Instead of taking 250 new companies, we can get about 120. But that hall will um, always be the place where you can find new companies. I've always liked 1E. I thought it was kind of fun in there. You got some uh, some very interesting products and some eager folks, you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, if we if we stop having that opportunity, it would be a, a critical loss for right. the industry. And, and for companies in Hall 1E that are smaller companies that are just trying to get a foothold in the industry, which is getting harder and harder every year given retail consolidation, it is a chance to be seen. I mean, you look at somebody like Mattel that has the entire upstairs or Hasbro that's off-site, and they're not necessarily writing orders. They are they are dealing with the advertising community, the financial community. Uh, they have a different agenda necessarily, but some of these small companies are being seen and it gives them a, a platform in order to be seen. Well, and some of them are coming with the intention that maybe they'll find a more mature, established company to take their line. Um, so we don't necessarily uh, expect that they will be lifelong participants in Toy Fair because their goal, uh, and we're fine with that, is to <laughs> find the right partner. Maybe they just had the great idea. Maybe they have that one product, but let them find the right company with the right distribution to help them really make it. So one of the other big constituents is the inventor community that, that comes here to see their stuff first being sold for the first time or to try and sell new things. So it's, as you say, it's not just retailers and manufacturers. Right. Well, you know, that was one, I guess it's now 18 years ago, I got a call from Brett that most of you know and he called me he said you know I've been coming to Toy Fair for a number of years uh, and it's great it's great I'm an inventor I, I design I'm actually a sculptor uh, I come and it's wonderful but the association is not really doing all that much for the inventor community so um, like I'd really love to have lunch with you let's talk about this so uh, he said what's missing here is the creative factor 
those were his exact words. <laughs> so we had lunch, and from that conversation, he began bringing in some just as a magnet, you know, they were coming through the door. Let's, if we had some sculptors or we had some graffiti artists, just to give people who were of that creative bend uh, a, a place to be at the show. That was the beginning of us beginning to welcome. And then from that, we grew into a significant programming that we still do. What's interesting for us is that that went relatively unnoticed for a number of years. I can remember inviting, me personally inviting some uh, toy company executives to come with me downstairs to level one where we had this wonderful area to see and they would have had no idea because they were level three exhibitors. <laughs> so right. now we're in our 18th year and the program is expanding, but the, um, Where do they find it this year, Marion? It will be in the lobby, the one D. Same place as last year, but a bigger footprint for the stage area. One um, D is the area between the food court and the one D hall. Right. Where okay. there are exhibits. Well, you know, inventors. You, you know, it's great to, that you bring up inventors, but and and also, I, I read an article each year. I published an article each year called "The Gathering of the Tribes," and it's, it's inventors, it's it's buyers and sellers, but it's also publicists and insurance companies and people who make Corby boxes. I mean, it's, it's, it truly is a gathering of, of everyone. Uh, and I call it the great big brain. <laughs> when we bring all these, uh, it's, it's like the Borg from uh, Star uh, Trek. You know, we bring all these people together and we form this big brain. You know, Marion, um, every year people go, oh, yeah, there's a... If you're people here this year, you know, you know this this kind of uh, of uh, negative, uh, you know, uh, look, searching for some meaning, you know, is is this getting less important? And, and I would say I I'm I'm thinking of a world without without a toy fair in New York and or a toy fair in the United States, and it makes me feel rudderless as I say it. I I think it's a really a um, the tent pole moment of the year for this industry it brings us all together and in a world without it so many of us would never meet you know i i, I understand your question it, it is a little bit um daunting to think of for my role without it being here but I, I toy fair is more than just a bunch of booths where people come to sell toys it is an emotional connection and i believe that more than ever people crave human interaction uh, and if we didn't do it, someone else would. They wouldn't do it as well, <laughs> but they they would do it because we need it. We need to what's new, but we also need to um, uh, embrace what's existing. So we, we we love the history of the industry, and people really feel connected when they come together at any of these industry gatherings. So we, we're really proud to be the ones that are bringing people together. I used to make this joke about how some of the major retailers went through Toy Fair basically just looking at a spreadsheet and saying, oh, I did X of this number last year and X of this number, so I want Y of this number for this year. But but that's not really what happens. I mean, in, in the best in the best environment, people are actually hands-on with the toys. And because play is such a human experience, you have to be there. You have to feel the, the tactile nature of it. You have to put your hand in the slime or build the Lego thing or play with the Barbie. You you have to do that if you're going to understand how it will fit in the marketplace. It's not just a, an algorithm and a metric. Well, I actually think that what you're describing is what separates Toy Fair New York from the other events around the world. 
Uh, you, we're a dog and pony show. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of foolishness, a lot of silliness that you, I don't see when I go to other shows. They're functional. They, they are, they achieve the goals that they set to sell product. But I don't think there's any other play experience like there is at Toy Fair. And I think when you see grown men and women uh, just living their product, uh, demonstrating their product, and all with reckless abandon. I don't see that as much around the world, and I think that is inherent to a U.S.-based show. We're a little less inhibited in the way we react. You know, I, I I never thought of that, but I absolutely agree. I can see that, you know, and going to Hong Kong, going to Nuremberg, going to shows around the world, you're completely right. It really is that hands-on. And, you know, whether it was um, in um, the early 20th century when Toy Fair just started and... Um, I, there were telephones, but there were still horse and buggies on the street, and people wore uh, funny-looking clothes. Um, they, they probably felt the same way, you know. They, they probably that very much that same sense of anticipation and uh, some excitement at seeing each other, or or maybe some anger at seeing <laughs> each other. Uh, Marion, um, <clears throat> there are going to be people out there who may hear this broadcast, uh, and um, they may have never gone before. Or, you know, or they've never exhibited or they want to exhibit or they're not sure what to expect when they get there. Can you give some tips to uh, first time exhibitors? Uh, you know, that maybe they uh, some some secret Marion uh, Bassard tips. Well, first time exhibitors specifically, you're saying Well, we can start with that. Well, because we actually embrace our first timers. Um, it is it is uh, can be overwhelming for someone coming to the show for the first time. And so we actually have a freshman class advisor program. Really? Sure. When you sign on to Toy Fair, this is about 10 years old, I think. Uh, we we take you by the hand. We teach you how to um, present. You know, if uh, We do webinars for them. We have a freshman orientation. Uh, and we had called it Rookies and Cookies. <laughs> um, uh, but because we know that it, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to take that leap and put it in front of the marketplace. Right. And we, we want to be their partner. We want them to become sophomores um, and, <laughs> or, or, or to become successful companies that sold their product to mm -hmm. someone else. So we take that very seriously. So the advice we would give them is to take advantage of the uh, programming that we have, that the, the staff that we have that is truly here to make to help them succeed. And we do get very basic questions. I've got one item. Um, I've got this booth. What should I do? And to, you know, we're not, we're not designers, but we can say, well, what is it you want to tell people about that product? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to have that curb appeal. And without helping having them blow their budget, um, many of them don't even have a budget. Right. You start saying to them, well, is that going to get your message across? So we're really here to help them succeed. And that is a surprise to a lot of people because they see us as this, this giant organization that is um, top heavy. But we're really working diligently at, at the very bottom to help people. You do all of this for the first timers, but you also have a pretty sophisticated education program as well. And, and that's something that's been very important. Um, you know, I've participated in the past. I participate in Hong Kong. And it really is, you know, the ability to, to delve into issues on a very human level. Well, and, and the, our biggest challenge is to um, stay on top of the changes. Twelve months is a really short time to try and create programming for the next year. 
But um, that's one of the reasons why we expanded our advisory board for Creative Factor last year. Uh, Brett had been uh, volunteering his time for all of those years. Last year, we added Billy Langsworthy out of, out of the UK with Mojo Nation, uh, Robin Raskin with Living in Digital Times, and Matt Nuccio, Design Edge. We needed additional voices, different perspectives. Um, they, and, it's, and it's really been, it was the right time to do that because we are, um, as staff, doing our best to stay on top of trends and issues, but we've need, we need our volunteers around us to help us really make that programming. We have over 35 sessions this year. Wow. Uh, and, and what's different about Toy Fair is you, it, a lot of, uh, if you're a Toy Association member, you come to the show for free. The most you're going to pay, if you don't fit into any category that is eligible for complimentary access, it's $325. And you've got all of that education for free. So, uh, you know, we're, we're excited that we're, um, we're bringing this education, but I will admit that the biggest challenge is how to stay topical uh, from year to year and really bring in the best. Right, because it is changing. Rich and I just did an episode on looking back at the trends of the past decade, and it's, it's a seismic shift in 10 years. So even so, in one year, it shifts, it shifts a lot as well. Retail changes, product changes, uh, entertainment changes. All of this is, is really important to stay on top of. It's really important, and I think it's very important to uh, accept what you don't know and surround yourself with people who can bring that additional perspective. So, so Marion, we're here with you, but there are 12 other people in the background who are, who are making all of this happen, who are creating this marketplace. Why do you do it? Well, I always like to say that I, I came for the show, but I stayed for the association. I, mean, I came from a for-profit show organizer, and I got hired because of that experience. But those kind of jobs are out there, but you stay for the work of the association. Mm -hmm. And we do not forget for a moment that what we generate from this show feeds all of the work of this association all year long. So we take it very seriously. We are, we are proud that the work that we do to generate the revenue that we do goes back into the work of the association, which it does for everyone in the industry, whether or not they're members. Mm -hmm. we're, we're working on behalf of the industry. So that's why we do it. Um, sure, there's a lot of personal gratification right. that we get from um, the, the, and the energy. God, we love that show. We love the setup. We, we, we love the markings on the floor. We love everything <laughs> about the carnival coming to town. Right. But, but we actually know why we do it. And we do it um, for reasons beyond just the, the generating of the revenue. Mary, in 2022, going to be a big year. You're going to have a new, bigger Javits Center, correct? That is right. So uh, can you give us some sense, or do you have any vision yet of what that's going to be like for, the, for Toy Fair? Well, that's actually exactly what we're doing right now with the expanded education program, with focus on inventors, with the newly welcomed young content creators. Uh, we, there are, the industry is changing. So what we're looking at right now is what are the programs that we're doing? How are they serving the people we're endeavoring to serve? And where is the growth opportunity? Is it in licensing? Is it in uh, design education? Is it in a, a larger form for influencers? Uh, we, we know that there are a lot of other groups doing these things, but to your point earlier, Toy Fair is when it all comes together. 
So we're keeping a close eye on the things that we're doing that are working well, and you will see some of those expansions um, in, in 2022. We, we also um, are looking at whether or not would that, would the new building and the, and the ballroom be a great place for Toady? There, we mm -hmm. want we want to we'd love we want to take over that whole building right but not just to be a land baron to <laughs> make it an even more concentrated hey don't put down things. land baron you know <laughs> when i started in this business toy fair lasted over two weeks and over its history toy fair has grown and shrunk and it's moved in the calendar uh over the past hundred plus years but how does anybody get all of that done in four days now and i think it's it's it that's that's the real challenge so it really seems uh, it behooves companies to to really look at all the things Toy Fair offers and then bring the appropriate people to participate. Well, and I think that it's incumbent on on the association to figure out, okay, you've got four days and you're bringing all these people together. What's the most important thing you can accomplish or help them accomplish? We can't do it all over four days. So in that in that is there a additional opportunity for other things that we should be doing to serve the industry but it, it can't happen it's illogical right. to think it could all happen over four days but you you bring up something really important and when i first came here um, we used to have this dusty old back room over in the other building and there were file cabinets and on onion skin paper we had the notes of all the association meetings and if you love this industry, you had to sit down. I would sit there on my lunch hour and go through there and you know, go, well, what was the first meeting of the association after the stock market crash? Mm -hmm. What did they talk about? What did they talk about during World War II? Right. So I, I, I think that if you can look at what we're doing here will be someone else's history lesson. What did we do um, that moved the industry forward? Um, I, I, I hope that we are uh, we're, you know, our own, creating our own little history lesson right here. It's a lot of work. And the yes. speed at which things are changing make it very difficult to get it right every single time. But if we get it right most of the time, um, we'll, we'll have been a success. I had the privilege of reading a lot of those archives when I did that book a few years ago about the about the association. And, and one of the things that always stuck out to me was, what are we gonna do with the women? Like this is in the twenties. Should we have card card parties? Should we have other things? And it was such an old boys network, and and the women have really been a dominant or increasingly dominant uh, factor in the business. I just saw yesterday, uh, New York Times, that uh, women now are the majority in the workplace across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, Women in Toys has done a great job to move that conversation along. Um, we now have a diversity and inclusion uh, committee um, and, and figuring out what to do next. Of course, we want to go beyond gender diversity, right. but, but there, those, those, those are the changes. I have bought on eBay. I have some ads yet to be framed that show the, the toy men arriving at the toy building. You know, there's just wonderful archives, but you know, you can't. That was then, this is now, right. and as long as the opportunities are created, there is going to be no stopping women. They are, they are um, being recognized, they are on the rise, but it's going to take a long time to uh, work up to the, uh, the C-suite levels that we'd like to see. Uh, but it's going, but you know, what, one of the things that we're looking at is, well, where does that start? It's right. not, you know, are we getting to students early enough? Are we getting, are we getting in front of, of potential 
future employees of the industry. I understand that you are doing some outreach uh, to college students. Yeah, well, it's a fact that over the last several years, we have somewhere between 250 and 300 university-level students that come to Toy Fair. I had no idea. They're there. They, they, we usually get hear from a professor at one of the universities who just said, can I bring up some students? We've always said yes, but we've always said yes, hand them a badge and sent them on their way. <laughs> wow. And we realize, you know, and again, the conversations in the industry are changing so dramatically. The, 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 the clamoring for more uh, inventor conversations, the clamoring for next generation leaders, the clamoring for more women in, in executive roles. So we thought, why in the world are we not doing more to bring programming to these students who are coming? So in 2020, you will um, see on Tuesday, we are doing our inaugural uh, student congress. And it, of course, those 250 students are over the four days. But what we're doing is sending out uh, to all of the student off the offices at the universities notices so here's what the day will look like we're going to have start off with a little bit of a meet we're calling it a meet and eat then we're going to have a nice session uh, for just an overview an hour session for an overview of the industry and Kathleen Camposano is going to lead that conversation and we're going to pick maybe four or five career paths now these students who are coming are not necessarily toy design students or even product design students. They're from every single discipline. So we're going to put this industry in front of them. We want them to leave there saying, you know, I hadn't really thought about working in the industry. Very good. Boy, I like but it. if I, I, I really want to work in sustainability, well, guess what? You can do that and be in the toy industry. That's great. Next, we're going, after that, the next hour is an hour and a half, actually, of an innovation workshop, working with our friends out of Mojo Nation, Deej Johnson and Billy Langsworthy. They're going to do an innovation workshop that is um, not just strictly about creating toys. It is about uh, the creative habit. Creativity can be learned or improved upon, so we're going to do that. And then we're going to ask all of our exhibitors at the show, would you put out that shingle and welcome the students into your booth? Because the worst thing would be if they leave that room and they go out there as a student and they are turned away. Uh, and that could happen. Right. So we're asking us, uh, companies to step up, and on that last day of the show, the last few hours, welcome the students in and let them see what it would might be like to be aligned with the industry. Uh, Mary and Chris and I thoroughly enjoy being with you today. Uh, and as we wrap up, uh, people who are listening may want to get some more information. So can you give an email address if they have something very specific uh, and a web address if they have something general they, they want more information about? If anyone has any questions about Toy Fair, they can contact me at mbossard at toyassociation.org. And for information about the show specifically, toyfairny.com. And it's bossard is B-O-S-S-A-R-D. That's correct. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for kicking off our second season. Uh, we're running into the Toy Fair season ourselves, and this should be really exciting. And, and you know, the one thing we can count on, it'll be different next year. Be different. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. This is the Playground Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for Richard and I will be in Nuremberg in a couple of weeks and uh, bringing you stuff from there. And we'll be live on the floor at New York Toy Fair. Uh, so we're looking forward to much more in the weeks ahead.